No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue and on our YouTube channel, wherever you may be, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Alongside Dave Manouk, alongside Ezra Ginsberg, alongside countless others, if you're here at Boston Pizza Winnipeg, make some noise, folks! There you go, a tremendous turnout tonight to watch the Winnipeg Jets defeat the Colorado Avalanche by a 4-2 score. It's all part and parcel with the Illegal Curve holiday party. We say happy holidays. We say happy first night of Hanukkah for those who are celebrating. It's been a great night here at Boston Pizza Winnipeg, made all the better for those who cheer for the Winnipeg Jets by their impressive road victory against the Colorado Avalanche. The best way to bounce back from losing three games in a row, gentlemen, is to win three games in a row. And that's what the Jets have accomplished with tonight's victory in downtown Denver. Ezzy, good to see you next to me. Dave, good to see you a little bit on the, the right of me. Good to see both of you. Good to see so many of you here at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue tonight. Absolutely. Before we get into breaking down the game, I mean, you already kind of gave a shout out to everybody here. But yeah, this is awesome. It's always good when the Jets win. People leave a little bit happier. Yeah. Actually, a lot happier. But, yeah, <laughs> this was a lot different than the Carolina game, right? I wasn't on the post-game show with you boys. But, I mean, that really was Lauren Brassois stealing that victory from the hands of the Carolina Hurricanes. Whereas tonight, yeah. I mean, this was just an overall team effort. This is a huge win, boys. Obviously, they're not going to uh, you know, award the Stanley Cup after tonight's game. But, I mean, this is who you're competing <laughs> with for the Central Division title, right? Along with the Dallas Stars. But uh, a really impressive victory against a division rival. We've talked about it. Kind of crazy that this is the first time that the Jets and the Avalanche are, are meeting this year, Dave. But really impressive team effort. Hellebuck was really good. Um, and, you know, you got a lot of individual nice performances. Really was one of those games where I think everybody had a piece of it. And... You know, yeah, just overall, I, I think you got to be happy with that victory, you know, going into the California road trip. No, I mean, look, it's one of those games that you're not expecting. The Jets have to start the road trip right in Colorado. Not an easy place to go. We were talking to the guys in the room yesterday about playing with elevation and trying to get adjusted to that. And like you said, Des, it's the first time playing in Denver this season. So always a, a tough task. And look, Denver, the Colorado Avalanche have been phenomenal at home. They're nine two and zero coming into today's game, so they don't lose very often at Ball Arena. And so used to be Pepsi. Uh, what was Pepsi it called? Center. Pepsi, Pepsi Center. But I like yeah. Ball Arena better. Yeah, Ball Arena is good. Probably a bank, I would imagine, or something like that. But regardless, it, it's a huge victory for the Jets to bring yourself within two points. Nashville won tonight. Dallas won tonight. So you continue to bank those points, which are obviously very important. And again, you you pick up a win against a Central Division rival, and that to me is what's so significant because Colorado, all, all we've been hearing about is the Jets beat these teams, but they're not beating good teams. Well, Colorado's a good team yeah. and the Jets beat them. So that to me is a, is a real important stepping stone for this club because, you know, you're going into California. The Kings are playing phenomenal. Obviously, you got the Ducks and, uh, and Sharks. Those are two separate stories. But, you know, again, like I said, you want to start the road trip off on the right foot and you didn't want this to be a mirage, right? We talked about that. This is 
you, you lost those three in a row, and now you're reversing it, and you've got three wins in a row. And, and like I said, now you're just two points back of a top spot in the in the Central Division. Well, well I think what you like from a Win- from a Winnipeg Jets perspective in tonight's game is that it wasn't a it wasn't like Lauren Persuade, like you said, as he's stealing the game. It wasn't Connor Hellebuck stealing the game. What you saw in terms of their their play, I think, was. Uh, it, it, it was something that can be replicated. So it wasn't an anomaly. It wasn't a, yeah, we won, but we sort of have to hold our nose in stealing the two points. They took a lead, and they never relinquished the lead from the start of, of, of the entirety of tonight's game. And we'll get into it in, of course, more detail in the Betway game recap uh, You know, as we move along here, live at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue as part of the Illegal Curve postgame show. But you know, th- this was a Jets victory where, they certainly looked like they belonged with the Colorado Avalanche. It's not like they were outclassed and, and you know, and they had to lean on Connor Hellebuck and he had to be uh, out of this world in order for uh, the team to be successful. What they did, they can repeat and, and build upon. To your, further to your point, I don't think at any point in that third period, even though at the beginning of the, the first, you know, let's say five to seven minutes, it was all avalanche, right? Right. But I mean, there's no way we can talk about this game and not mention the special teams, right? The PK is perfect, mm-hmm. but killing off a five on three, we've said this so many times over the years, usually you're not going to win a lot of games when you're not capitalizing on a five on three, yeah. right? And it was, an, it was a shorter five on three. What was it? Oh, 45 it was, seconds. It was, it was, but, long, it, but it was long enough that a Colorado Avalanche team can succeed on ex- it. Exactly. And you know, Kale McCarr. We kind of talked about it here at Boston Pizza. You know, he didn't look like peak Kale McCarr. And it's his. And you know, he's dealing with an injury. I, I doubt he's a hundred percent. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon was certainly visible in this game, <laughs> and so was Miko Ranton. And I mean, these are two of the best players in the world. But to your point, I mean, the Jets can skate with the Avalanche, and that's what you know I noticed quite a bit in this game. Like you mentioned, Hellebuck didn't have to be, you know, sensational. He still made what thirty-two saves. Yeah. But when the Jets play teams like the Avalanche, it looked uh, this game to me looked a lot like the Jets Oilers game. Similar type of game, more back and forth. In contrast to the Jets Stars game, for example, or the Jets Hurricanes playing those better defensive teams. Not that the Avalanche aren't a good defensive team, no. but they're definitely. I think you would call them more of an offensive-minded team. Yeah. And I think you know, killing off those penalties. That's got to be demoralizing to Colorado. Down a goal at home, you know you're not able to capitalize. And you know, look, the Jets have shown this year they're able to hang on to a lead. They haven't, you know, they've they've squandered a few leads, but that's been few and far between, right, Dave? So I think you know there were parts of this game where you maybe didn't like it, and you, you know there was maybe a little too many penalties for your liking. But I think overall, like Drew said. This is a team that you're going to be battling with all year. It's going to be Dallas, Colorado, Winnipeg. I think we all agree it's very top-heavy, right, in the Central Division. And, yeah, this was just a, a, a hard-working road victory, right? And they capitalized on their opportunities. And, really, going back to the special teams, that's it's huge when you can, especially in that first period, like the Avalanche penalty, I think they only had one shot on their first power play. So I, I thought the penalty kill was a huge, huge factor in this game, obviously. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Ezzy. I think you're hitting it on the head. I think the PK is something that you you can't discount what Colorado can throw at you. And and sure, you know, people are saying, well, they didn't have Landeskog. Okay, but they have Randon, they have McCarr, they have McKinnon. That's right. So it, it's not like that's an unknown thing. And the reality is they're they're still a very good team. And and when you can hold the, when you can be hundred percent, that's a significant thing. And and look again. This is a, a, we were curious to see how the Jets would play tonight in Colorado. 
where are they going to be able to continue? Right. We talked about it. Call in Carolina, even though I know the last shots were, they'll say, you know, from the outside control, they really tried to, you know, sure they're a high volume, you know, a high shooting team, I should say, in Carolina. Right. But they expected a slightly different game because Colorado's more of a speed team. Yeah. And that sort of was the expectation. But I thought the Jets handled them for the most part. Obviously, again, they're going to get their chances. McKinnon made Logan Stanley look a little silly with that inside out move. But again, Nathan McKinnon he makes a lot of guys look silly with his inside out move. So, um, again, I think it's one of those games that it's, it was an impressive victory because you're not, like, as he said, you're not, you're not planning a parade based on a win in December, early December. But at the same time, you have to measure yourself. Look, we've talked about the Jets being really good against the East. Well, you have to be good against the, the Central, and, and you already are 0-2 against Dallas. You've had success against Arizona, who's a hot team, of course. So people forget about Arizona. They've won five games in a row and they're charging. You know, you've played well against Nashville. You've you wanted to be have that that reputation of being able to go up against Colorado and and standing toe-to-toe with them. And I think they did that tonight. And that's a good way to kind of build confidence. I don't know if I don't the way Rick Bonus spoke today in the pre in the morning availability which was really the afternoon, but the way he spoke, <laughs> Morning in Denver. I suspect, I haven't looked at the schedule, but they might not be, they might be off. Sunday. Mo- they play again. No, Sunday. I understand when yeah. they're playing. I'm saying when they're on the ice again, oh, because okay. he said, he said Saturday. So I suspect that tomorrow's a day off and maybe they're practicing on Saturday. But again, like I said, that's more just to see what status with Vlad Mestikov and that sort of thing. But again, it's just a really good way to start this road trip for this Jets club. Well, you, you know, what was most impressive to me about their performance is that the structure didn't really change. No matter the point of the game, no matter the circumstances of the game, no matter what the uh, the situation was, their game looked very similar, and, and how they the how they attacked and how they defended looked similar throughout. So, uh, to me, that is a team that is buying into the system that the coach is preaching to them. You know, this is the Winnipeg Jets team that used to give up high danger chances you know, by the bucket load. Right. And they've been one of the stingier teams at five on five in the entire NHL this year. And you're waiting for the other shoe to drop on that front and you're constantly waiting for it. And so far it hasn't. And there doesn't really seem to be the signs. Here that, you know, they, they were able to maintain how they want to play throughout the course of the 60 minutes. And that's not easy to do against the Colorado Avalanche team, especially when the Avs are trying to press and they're trying to break you down, the Jets were able to maintain exactly how they want to how they want to approach the game. Right, and to your point about the high danger chances, the second period was the only period where it was a little bit lopsided. The Avalanche had eight high danger chances for at even strength. The Jets had two. Remember, it was pretty lopsided, the shots. I think at the end of the second period, the shots were a little even, something like 16 to 12, but you're absolutely right, Drew. That... That is in contrast to last year. The big sure. issue with the Jets, it wasn't every year. <laughs> exactly. And it wasn't, it wasn't, look, the Jets have never had trouble, like major problems scoring goals. Right. It's been defensively. And that's what we talked about. Not just us, everybody, us and Remo, Winnipeg Sports Talk, Kenny and Rennie, everybody talked about, are the Jets going to be able to make those improvements defensively? And one thing, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into this. You mentioned, or maybe it was Dave mentioned the Nathan McKinnon goal where obviously Logan Stanley looked a little slower, a little flat-footed. Yeah. But that Sandberg-Stanley pair, as the game progressed, it looked solid. And you mentioned this. Dylan Sandberg deserves a lot of credit for that. Sure. Because you look at the advanced stats with Sandberg and Schmidt. At one point, they were one of the best D pairs in the entire league at five-on-five. And I'm not saying that, you know, Logan Stanley, you know, this was the best game I've ever seen from him. But, you know, he was throwing his weight around a little bit, and he looked more comfortable as the game was going on. Now, 
I personally have time for Declan Chisholm to be in the lineup. So do I. And I think a lot of people were surprised, Dave, that Stanley got in over Chisholm. And, you know, you have to wonder, too, about Nate Schmidt. And, you know, at what point do you get concerned about how long he's been in the press box? Because I believe this is four healthy scratches in a row now, right? Three. 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 Yeah. So, look, I think it's pretty clear right now that the Jets are going with a rotation. I don't know if we can say with certainty that Logan Stanley is going to stay in the lineup. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Declan Chisholm goes back in. But I think to Drew's point, the Jets look similar from period to period. Last year, you would see it was helter-skelter. One period, the Jets looked good well, defensively. Yeah. One shift to another, it was helter-skelter. Well, and, and I mean, I think it was, you know, emphasis. What, what we saw in the playoffs was just a continuation of what we saw in the second half of the regular season against the Golden Knights. Right. The first game when the Jets won, everybody was saying, this might this series might be over in five or six games. And then obviously the Golden Knights <laughs> made their adjustments. It, was. it and, just was by the other team. Exactly. But I think you're right. I mean, this was a pretty solid road victory, right? Like the Avalanche, yes, they. I think they've only won one of their last five games now, something like that. Like they're, they're struggling a little bit. Or without Makar, maybe that's what the stat was. But I mean... Look, the, the Avalanche are going to get another crack at the Jets in, what, a week and a half? 16th, uh, nine right. days from now, Saturday so, night, uh, the December 16th. Right. So, I mean, look, these teams are going to be battling all year long with Dallas for first place in the Central, I believe. I mean, there might be a little bit of separation at some point, Dave, but I do agree with Drew that, like, the Jets, even though you could say the last game they got shelled and they were peppered in a little yeah. bit and too dependent on Lauren Brassois, this was not the case. This was a this was about as even a game as you're going to see. Were there stretches where the Jets outshot the Avalanche pretty bad? Yeah, including the beginning part of the third period and the beginning part of the second period. Um, but it's not exactly like Shifley, Connor, Ehlers were you know lighting it up uh, yeah. today. I mean, I, I actually probably thought the fourth line was the best line tonight. Well, first period, David Gustafson had two grade A scoring chances. I was going to say the comment I highlighted from our friend Don Zappi is Gustafson's best game of the year, and I I tweeted that because I thought he was phenomenal. I thought he was... I didn't see that comment from Dom, by the way. Yeah, I know you so were. Dom and I obviously great minds think alike. <laughs> but the point is that that you're right, Ezzy. I, I really thought Gustafson was trying to impose his will a little bit, and he was trying to play a little more of an aggressive game, playing obviously on the PK. But I, you know, he as as he said, he had it felt like at least four or five good quality chances on that. And you want that from your fourth line. You want to see your fourth line contributing. And David Gustafson is a big part of that fourth line. And he, he knows that based on the way things are going right now, doesn't want to be that odd man. Out. Right. And, and look, you know, as he mentioned it, got away from him a little bit, but I, I am curious to see what happens now with coaches. Coaches tend not to want to change a winning formula, right? You've now won three games in a row, but Rick Bonus's own words were talking about Nate Schmidt. And we won't leave him out for too long or something to that effect. Not direct quotes, but if you need to watch it, you can watch it on YouTube. We have it on the uh, little 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 channel called The Legal Curve. But the, Is there anything wrong with a rotation, by the way? like I feel like people, as soon as you, you have a rotation well, situation. I'll, I'll tell you why the rotation is working. The rotation is working because keep, of they're... Dylan Sandberg. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. yo, if, if you know Dylan Sandberg led the, all the Jets uh, in Corsi. Give Dylan Sandberg the Norris Trophy yeah. right now. Seventy-one <laughs> percent was his Corsi four in tonight's game. Yeah, he was that great. Led all the Jets, not just defenders, all the Jets forwards as well. Mm -hmm. And so, if Dylan Sandberg is continuing to be the consistent rock that he's been, and then no, you know, and 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 it stays at that level, no matter if he's playing with Chisholm or no matter if he's playing with Stanley or no matter if he's playing with well, Schmidt, he's showing that right. right? Then, then, then Rick Bonus is way more comfortable in in having that rotation, right? Because 
he knows that he can rely on Dylan Sandberg and Sandberg will lift up whomever is is new or back in the lineup playing next to him in, in a potentially right. rotation. Dylan Sandberg had the best even strength Corsi for, and that's right. right. Corsi is not dead. I mean, no. but like let's let's be honest here. Sandberg deserves a ton of credit for how well he's playing. Yeah. Right? I, like you forget this is only his second year in the NHL. And you know, some people might be tired of us talking about it, but like the guy is just consistently playing like he's a, he's a, he's that shutdown defenseman that they've been lacking. And you know, for sure, uh, offense will come. I mean, but nobody's expecting a ton of offense. Guys like Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk, the sniper Brendan Dillon, like they have other guys <laughs> on the back end that can produce, right? So Drew's right. Right now, you can put Schmidt, Stanley, Chisholm, and you don't have to work. Sandberg is the rock on that line. Right. I still don't necessarily, you know, you don't want to have too many guys sitting, you know, in the press box for three or four games. Well, that's why I think they'll probably bring so Schmidt back, especially yeah. if you're playing like they're playing Anaheim, not exactly a strong team. So you give him a little confidence. Right. And you don't, again, Rick Bonus' his own words. I mean, you don't have to believe us and think that we're trying to say this is what you should do. It's what the head coach has said. And he's essentially said, like, we're not going to let our veteran uh, sit for too long. So, I mean, whether you agree or and al- disagree. And also that veteran is making almost $6, six, million, $6 yeah. million dollars a year, so, right? But, but uh, like, at the end of the day, does, you know, money is money. And whether it's up in the press box or on the ice, obviously preferred on the ice. But you want to do what's going to win games for your hockey club. Right now, as you, I think Drew has pointed out, whether it's Declan Chisholm or, or Logan Stanley or Nate Schmidt, Dylan Sandberg is is elevating his partners right now. That's so, right. So realistically, you can you can really have that rotation working until if Nate Schmidt gets back to kind of the form you want him to be in. Or again, like ultimately they're gonna have to make a decision. You know, we've got Billy Hainola back on skates. We taught we documented it on the he's back on the ice and he's not in flip-flops this time. He's not in flip-flops, no, but he's <laughs> he is skating. And so we saw that uh, how is Gabe Velarde's knee brace? I think we should talk about that a little bit more. But the point is that he's he, look, Hainola is on on the ice and he's I, look, he's Rick Bonus' his own words, a ways away. Right. So he's not coming back anytime soon, and he's going to go and play for the Moose, even though he would, for whatever reason, wouldn't say that he would go back and play for the Moose, but he, he's going to go play for the Moose because you need to get your conditioning up. Same as Declan Chisholm after not playing for six weeks. It's been longer for Billy Hainola. So you still have to figure this out, though, because you have to decide what are you going to do. And obviously, as he alluded to, I mean, there was an, a column uh, from the Ottawa Sun, uh, Bruce's, Bruce Garriock, who basically talked about teams – you know, making calls about Logan Stanley and, and being there's some being some interest. So again, we'll have to see where that goes. But you do have a logjam that you're gonna have to address because ultimately, whether it's Chisholm, whether it's Samberg, I mean uh, Stanley, whether it's Schmidt, eventually you're gonna have Hinola as well. And obviously he's waiver exempt. You could kick it down the line, but you know, again, are you gonna want to do that? Well, I mean, I, I think you know we see the pattern when it comes to the Jets, the Jets defense. We know that you know they want to sort of have an offensive guy with a defensive guy, offensive guy with a defensive guy. You know, Morrissey's the offensive guy, Demello's the defensive guy, Pionk is you know the offensive guy, Dylan's the defensive guy. We know Sandberg's the defensive guy, so you know will. Uh, Billy Hainala be the offensive guy? Will they go out and acquire somebody to be sort of the offensive partner in the duos? And that, that's not necessarily the conversation for here and now, but it's you know it's something certainly that the Jets, you know, brain trust and the Jets organization are going to have to figure out over the coming weeks and over the coming months. And right now, it's not a, you know, these are good problems to have when it's not a desperate situation. And they're not in a desperate situation because they are playing such a structured brand of hockey. They're playing 
as good of defense, team defense, top to bottom, as we've seen in years. I mean, you know, it wasn't that long ago where, you know, um, where, you know, the other team's head coaches were not mocking the Jets, but just commenting about how easy it was to play against them and how easy, yeah, yeah, it was how easy it is to get into the, the high danger areas. And it's not like that anymore. You know, the Jets are not, they're much more stingy when it comes to that. And it's, you know, Again, this is, you know, every team's going to give up opportunities, but the important part is can you minimize those opportunities or you can mitigate the damage that comes from those opportunities? And the Jets certainly tonight were successful in doing that, Eze. Yeah, and I, you know what? I would love to disagree with you. And obviously, we don't want to get too excited after 25 games because we know it happened kind of around that 30 to 35 game mark last right. year. It was really in early January when, you know, things started to go wrong for the Jets, but. Look who they played tonight. Like, yes, you don't have Gabe Landeskog. You didn't have – when people bring up Gabe Landeskog, it kind of, you know, makes me laugh because we know he's out for the year. It's not like yeah. anybody thinks Landeskog is coming back this year. Yeah. It's been clear since the offseason. Right. But, you know, no Valerie Nachushkin, Sam Gerrard. So, like, look, at they had some good players out. But, you know, the, the really good players, McKinnon, Rantanen, McCarr, I mean, the majority of the good players. So, what I'm saying is the Jets – beat a good team tonight and held a good team to a relatively small number of high danger chances. Like we talked about it, right? Like Carolina, there's no doubt the Jets were lucky to get that win. Like there's no way. Lord Brassois had to be otherworldly to get that win. Like, you know, Brassois made that save on Seth Jarvis with just over a minute left. Um, As Drew says, goodbye to one of his millions of fans. (laughs) The millions and millions of the Mindell fans. But there's just no doubt, Dave, that this Jets team is much better structurally, defensively, on a consistent basis. You're not seeing one good period, one good game. And and look at, you know, they're not all the best defensive efforts. I mean, we've seen... Like Carolina, again, that I just mentioned, wasn't, you know, they gave up, what did they give up, 42 shots or something like yeah. that? 45 shots. But no, 42. on the road in Colorado, you know, and, and you, you kind of weren't sure a lot, what... There's a lot to like about tonight's win. Exactly. And, you know, there's a lot to like. That's and, it. Plan the parade. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's getting ahead of himself. But there's a lot to like, and there's a lot that you that the team will take as... You know, as again, another building block. Now, you know, Rome isn't built in a day. So it's, you know, piece by piece. It wasn't? It wasn't. You know, I know that. I know you're not a history major, but it wasn't built in a day. You know, keep writing that down for future reference. Biff wants to be a buff. (laughs) How often do you guys think about the Roman Empire? That's a meme, right? Is that what that is? Yeah. That's a meme. I never understood it, and I still don't understand it. Yeah. But I'm, I, I think I'm too old to understand yeah. it. I'm not supposed to understand yeah. it. It, it. We're the old guys that watch what happens on TikTok like a month later on Instagram. That's right. Like, that's exactly. where we're at in our yeah. social media. A, I mean, how's your blue sky account, by the way? My blue sky account's great. I still don't know what it is. It I still sucks. don't know how to use so it, but worse. I have it. You know, it's one of those things. If you have it, you can't. You won't regret not having it. So yeah. I regret having it actually. Really? I find it annoying. Why do you? What, do you actually log into it? Dave is busy threading. I am threading. The icy threads are hot. Actually, we're yeah. uh, we're yeah. up over two k right now. So uh, well, there you go. Dave's we're hot. hot on threads. We're hot on threads. As we've talked about, I'm pretty follow- sure we're the only we're the only people who are actually posting <laughs> on threads. But uh, we're hot on threads. Well, you can talk about. Uh, you can you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on threads. You can follow us on Blue Sky. And of course, you can smash the like button on the YouTube channel. Remember the subscribe. movie Vanilla Sky? That was a good movie. Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever saw it, but I remember it. Remember there, you, you like. You would have lucid dreams. I didn't really understand what was going on. It was, I think, like an existential movie, but yeah. a little too it. deep for enjoy- me. Right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, 
got, got to use a little too much brain power to, to keep track of things that are going on there. If I have to take notes during a movie, I'm not that interested in watching yeah, that movie. That's, uh, I think that's what I've discovered in, in, in my old age at this point in time. Uh, good evening to so many of you who are joining us live on our YouTube channel and all those live here at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. Special shout out to the GF Liverpool there you go. sitting right here. Yeah, oh, the, Joe the, from the, the OG Joe from Winnipeg. Joe Dan, from Winnipeg. Jet we got Dan, Remus Dan. and Huss. Yeah, so Jet many. Oil Tom. It's been fantastic seeing everybody, meeting everybody in person, of course. Uh, always love being down here live on location at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. Really having a great time tonight. It was a great party, great to celebrate. The holiday season really feels as though you're getting into the spirit of things uh, with so many friends and family and, and everybody else uh, joining us here. Let's get into it. Why don't we get into the actual game yeah, itself? We'll talk about the hockey game. Yeah, we're almost 25 minutes into the post-game show. It's a long preamble, but sometimes you, you, know, sometimes you need a good long preamble. Although, Drew, I'm going to sneak a Manuka Moose Minute in because you didn't let me do one last show. I apologize. Don't worry. There's plenty of time for you to do your Manuka Moose Minutes. But we'll start with the Betway game recap here on the Illegal Curve postgame show. The Betway game recap. It certainly seemed like the first period was going to go. There we go. We're say, saying our goodbyes, so you'll forgive us if we're waving in the middle of the show. There's lots going on here. Uh, it certainly seemed like the first period was going to end with no with nobody scoring, and then the Jets, uh, with two seconds to go, 2.2 seconds to go, Adam Lowry deposits the puck past uh, Alexander Georgiev. Uh, it's his fifth of the year, assist to Axel Janssen-Fialbi, and it's a chip and chase, and it's a great play by, by Janssen Fialbi to keep the puck in and then set up Adam Lowry for a quick opportunity. He knocks the puck down as the, the Avs pretty much think that the period's come to an end, and he knocks it down and he feeds Adam Lowry in the, in the slot, and Lowry makes no mistake sniping it quickly on and off his stick. I like how quickly he uh, received the pass and then put the pass, put the shot behind Gorgiev to make it one nothing for the Jets very late in that first period, as a Yeah, and, you know, before I just kind of add to that, like Gorgiev to me seemed to be giving up a lot of rebounds yeah. today. Like I know Gorgiev has had a good year so far, and there's some people, some Avalanche fans that aren't sure, you know, if he can necessarily take them to another Stanley Cup final. But um, yeah, I mean, this is my time to just gush about Axel Janssen Fialbi, right? Like you mentioned, he dumps the puck in yeah. himself in the corner. Devon Taves goes and gets it. And, you know, he just has a good stick and he turns the puck over. And as you mentioned, nice feet to uh, the streaking Lowry who's coming in from the blue line. And you're right, Adam Lowry kind of, and, he, and he's done this before, um, you know, doesn't waste any time. And it's a, it's a beauty goal. And you're right. I mean, that's demoralizing. I don't think you would say either team was necessarily better than the other. Maybe you give a slight advantage to the Avalanche. I know the possession numbers were fairly even. The Avalanche we talked about earlier forget who took the penalty for the Jets, but their power play was not impressive. Ehlers took the first, per, there you go. first period penalty. The Avalanche only had one shot. I just didn't really think that they necessarily set it up and had a lot of sustained pressure. But, yeah, look, great effort by Axel Janssen-Fialbi, Dave, and, you know, just a nice shot from the captain. So that goal was huge to give the Jets the momentum, right? And, yeah, two seconds left. I mean, that doesn't happen very often, but no. just love the hustle. By Axel Janssen Fialbi, as you guys know, one of my favorite Jets. You're playing to the shadow of the whistle. I mean, usually, you know, with that opportunity, very easy to just chip it in yeah. and sort of figure, okay, the period's going to go and it's going to be the end of it. Instead, what does he do? He goes and he forces a turnover, you know, with a great play. You know, and, you know, a guy who usually doesn't get a lot of credit 
for his offensive prowess or for his uh, stick skills. But this one, he knocks it down out of, out of midair, and he makes an immediate quick pass to Lowry, Dave. It's, it's a really impressive, and it shows sort of the the Jets look like they're dialed in, and they're dialed in all the way through the first 20 minutes right up until the final buzzer because, like I said, this very easily could have been a chip and then sort of a, you know, uh, no chase really because it's not going to be an opportunity for Colorado to transition. That goal is all, all, you know, obviously Lowry has to finish it, Drew, to yeah. your point. But that to me, that's all Janssen Fialbi just giving 100% and creating that turnover, right? Like that, yeah. he deserves a lot of credit. Like, you know, we mentioned the Avalanche have some injuries, Nachushkin, Gerard, um, you know, who's not your traditional injury, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in previous years, you would be putting in, you know, a Saku Manalainen or a Carson Kuhlman, all due respect. Um, but now an Axel Janssen Fialbi, who started the year with the Moose, he's contributing and getting an assist on the on the primary goal. So, you know, no Nemesnikov, no Rasmus Kupari. The Jets were fine. And, like, they were – the fourth line was the best line, the best forward line for the Jets in the first period and arguably throughout the game. Morgan Barron was good too tonight. Yeah, Morgan Barron played well. He he contributed. And, and you're right, Ezzy. I mean, it, it is a play to show that you weren't just prepared to just sit back and relax and, okay, let's just get the intermission. Right. We're, we're happy to be tied 0-0. Instead, you're still going for it. And and you want to see actually on the field. I mean, when you're a guy who's on the fourth line, played with the Mooses, as just touched on, and you don't know – how much longer you're going to be in the lineup, you got to keep, you got to play, every, you gotta play every shift. And so that's, I mean, it's his first, I believe his first point of the season. He was the first assist for Axel. And, and again, you use your asset. Your asset is your speed. And that's what he did. And he was tenacious. And so he goes into the zone, he gets that puck. And, and obviously Adam Lowry finishes it off. And, you know, he's, it's a big goal for him. And, and, you know, that he's, wanting to contribute as the captain. And, and again, like I said, at the end of the day... Hey, hang on. There's, a, there's a vagrant walking behind us here. Uh, <laughs> hey, let the man enjoy his fishbowl. Leave He's him enjoying alone. The, so that's, of course, for those of you who've never met the, never met him, the man, the what Mitch Legend. They, what are you talking about? People have never met him. Like, like, people in the chat may not. Uh, everybody knows who Spencey is. That and, is Spencey Sutton, ladies <laughs> well, and gentlemen. Well, he just went downstairs. <laughs> he just went downstairs, so we're good. But One, the thing is, Spencey's not the shot anymore, but, like, how sweet is that Zamnov jersey? It's pretty sweet. But no, I was gonna say first of all, of course everybody knows uh, Spencey because they joined Ezzy and I last year I know, on the I New Year's show but, you know. when Ezzy be- when, when Spencey became the first ever um, uh, discussion chat member to join the show. He did the uh, we did it from the hot tub from too, the which hot was tub, uh, of course you know. And this year we're actually going to do the New Year's Eve show. We're going to be in the hot tub this time. We're, oh, not, yeah. we're not going to just there be joined be New- by Spencer. I mean, there's no we'll New Year's Eve there. show. Yeah, it's but- weird because there's no New Year's Eve game. It's an <laughs> afternoon game, so I'm not sure why you're going to be on air. Oh, or yeah, why- ho- there's, yeah, there's no, not going to be any hockey talk. It's right. just going to be just, just, it's just drinking Ezzy. and smoking. and yeah. Yeah. Just Ezzy in a and, hot tub is basically what it's going to be. You know, look, like, like just I, you guys have already done the analysis of the goal, so I'm not going to go over it again, but it's just more about you know, creating the ro- the proper environment and the proper... They're putting the fire behind your head now. <laughs> oh, I like it. That's Jet Oil Tom I, is putting the fire behind now, hey, uh, 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 I feel... That a boy, Jet Oil Tom. I feel Tom. the warmth. I'm feeling the warmth for my for my home setup, so... Uh, <laughs> They're getting rowdy here at Boston Pizza on Taylor. Uh, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Although yeah. now it, the, the fire's turned a little bit. It's a little bit uh, muted, but regardless... Are Huss and Remus signing autographs over there, by the way? <laughs> They're doing something. Uh, no, but look, I mean, it's just it was just about trying to have you know, a positive thing to roll into. And again, 0-0 against Colorado, you're happy, but you're a lot happier at one nothing says Captain Obvious. So to me, that's a real big moment for 
uh, the Jets because you go into that first intermission feeling good about your game yeah. and, and having the reward of hard work. And so the hard work paid off. The defensive effort from the team paid off, obviously, on the PK. And now you've got that one nothing lead into the first intermission. Is Spencey paying us for his fish bowls? Is, is that what's happening now? Spencey, you have to pay Boston Pizza for the fish bowls. We appreciate you giving yeah. us the money, but you have to give that to Boston Pizza, not no. to us. Just want to make sure you know Spencey that. Spencey can't buddy. be inconvenienced. He wants to pay through StreamYard. That's what he wants to do here. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's how it necessarily works, but we certainly do appreciate the uh, very generous uh, contribution to the illegal curve uh, drinking fund as we continue on with the post game show. Whoever here. was the original person that thought of the fishbowl idea, like the, the the powers that be at Boston Pizza, like someone was like, "Let's serve drinks out of a fishbowl." Is a genius, and I hope they've won a lot of awards. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know, Ezzy. You can look into that. Uh, you can research who that person is. Uh, the Jets only need to play in the uh, first, in the last minute of the period, and the first minute of the period, because they make it two nothing. Thirty-two seconds into the second period, so it's really two goals in thirty-four seconds of playing. Dare time. I say, Dennis Bayak, bang bang? I don't know. Can it be a bang bang if there's an intermission in between? Yes. I don't think so. Yes. No. 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 Greg is saying no. Greg's no. saying no. I agree with Greg. Yeah. I'm, I'm and this Greg this point. gentleman, I don't know his name, is saying yes though, right? Yeah. Okay, there's differing. It's a differing of opinion here. Maybe we'll call Dennis and ask if it can be a bang bang. Uh, let's get Dennis on the show. Let's get Dennis on the line. I'll text him right now. I love that AEW shirt, by yeah. the way. Uh, so the uh, Kyle Connor makes it two nothing for the Winnipeg Jets uh, at the 32 second mark of the second period. I'm looking it up on my phone because I'm also keeping track of all the goals. This was a bit of a weak goal on on Gorgiev. It's a spin around goal. Yeah. It's a spin around I mean, shot. I should say. Yeah, caught yeah. off guard. And and we've had you know Kevin Woodley, Marty Biron, other goaltending experts talk about what are the hardest uh, shots to to stop. And obviously, you know, you hear redirections are, are the obvious one, but the spin around shots are obviously really hard for goalies because of the fact that you don't really. Look, Kyle Connor has a great shot wherever he's shooting the puck. And it's a beautiful pass by Nick Ehlers. But it's also impressive, Dave, that Connor takes the pass from Ehlers on his backhand, spins around, and obviously catches Gorgiev a little bit off guard there. But that's definitely, I, I think, a shot that, you know, and look, it's blocker side. I think it goes off the post or it goes close to the post. Um, but look, I mean, that, like Drew said, you score late in the first period and then you score early in the second period you're zapping all the momentum away from the avalanche. So obviously Kyle Connor also scored the empty netter yeah. and he continues to have the hot hand. But I mean, I, I, I just think that Gorgiev and the avalanche, that's one of the goals where, you know, you, you just, you can't give up that goal at that point in the game. You know, play it again on your screen here, as because as he's, as he's uh, playing the goals for us, as we continue on with the post game show here, I wonder if the abs defenseman, there's an, uh, there's an abs defenseman on this play who flashes right in front of, of Gorgiev just as the shot is released. And I wonder if that that defenseman maybe gets in his line of vision a little bit. Uh, we will certainly talk about it during the in the Morrissey goal, yeah. Because you see the, his reaction <laughs> to the defenseman screening him, and, and now and we'll get to that. But I wonder, and I can't see who the defenseman is right now from this vantage point. But you wonder if maybe that impacted him a little. I agree. It's not Kale a great McCarr goal. was the was the player that stepped up on Connor, right? But I think you're talking, I'm talking about, about the, the defender in behind him, right? Not McCarr in this case. I'm talking about the secondary defenseman. Uh, who sort of just, uh, who, you know, just leave it playing and you'll see a different angle. I wonder if he flashes just in front of him right there. Taves. Yeah. Is that Taves? Yeah, okay. Devon Taves. Yeah. I can't see the number. No, you're right. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you know, Dave, get in here. But, like, you know, those are the, the kind of subtle things that, you know, we're watching the game here. We're schmoozing it up. 
you don't see that but then you watch the replay and yeah. you're like that you know that just a little bit of, of movement from a Devon Taves in front of Gorgiev yeah. might have been enough for him that he didn't see it. And we know, and like Drew said, we'll talk about it when we get to the Morrissey goal, but goaltenders, as we know, they can see the puck. They, they can usually save yeah, the puck. Yeah. So I mean, any even if it's even if he's screened yeah. a little bit, or it, you know, so I I, mean, I I just think it's you know to be honest with you, I think it's just a quick release by Kyle Connor. I think he wasn't expecting him to shoot. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, just watching the replay, I, I don't think that Taves really interfered with his line of vision there, but. I, I think the, the the greater point to be made, and I, I know I understand that the top line wasn't phenomenal tonight, but that that line is showing a lot of chemistry. Mm-hmm. And Nikolai Ehlers, who again is the we always talk about how Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor, they're like you know they know how to play with each other, they're comfortable with each other. But Nikolai Ehlers was always that kind of question mark. And and Kyle Connor was asked about it yesterday. We spoke to him after practice before the team left for Colorado, and he talked about how that team that line was together last year for a little bit. And now they have comfort playing with Nikolai Ehlers. But again, not a lot this year. And so now you're getting that sort of, those minutes are increasing. That familiarity is increasing. And we're seeing them being able to do some stuff. And Nikolai Ehlers, again. They're not breaking up this line no, anytime soon. No, I don't think they need to. And, and But to me, Ehlers has become that facilitator, which, again, Mark Scheifele is a good facilitator. You know, he's up to, what, 17 assists. So he know, we, know, we know he can make a good pass. But but again, oh, no, 18, I guess. That was his 18th uh, on this goal, wasn't it? No, he didn't actually get an assist on this goal. It was Connor from Ehlers and Morrissey. Oh, that's weird. Morrissey's it looked like who- Scheifele touched the puck behind the net. But uh, right there. Yeah. But it might be it jumped over his stick. Yeah. I thought he touched it, but regardless. I think Dave Manouk just got Mark Shifley another assist <laughs> is what just happened. Let's Dave, alert NHL.com. Dave's lobbing hard. <laughs> no, I don't really care one way or the other, but uh, except for my on pace for a uh, little tweet. Yeah, that yeah, I yeah. Your that. pedantic tweets can still be pedantic. Yeah, let me them. tell you. First of all, it's a stolen Ginsburg tweet. It's not a Manouk tweet. It's stolen by Ginsburg, but I still enjoy it, so I'm going to keep doing it. Regardless of that, to me, it's just, just like I said, it shows that Ehlers is, is – really increasing his play and we talked about it when you missed training camp the way he did he was going to be behind the eight ball a little bit he really seems to have caught up and he's playing much better well, and, and also just wanted to say one thing you know i agree this the top line for the jets wasn't fantastic but they got a goal and good lines do that right like they can they right. can just be average right but then when they really get a, a you know some grade a chances they bury it and you know to me this is just again showing how good of a goal scorer kyle connor is you know i hate to you know harp on that again but like Taking that pass on the backhand, Dave, and then spinning around, like at 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 you know with speed, right? It's just like not something most players can and do. Like dealers, dealers can do it. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But you know, so yeah, we don't want to take anything away from from Connor on that goal. Um, you know, and that that line, I think, you know, we expect more offense from them. Well, but I, I think what that line also has done because they've been playing so well together is it also allows Gabe Velarde to sort of ease his way, to continue to ease his way back into the lineup. Because remember, when when Velarde left the lineup, him and Connor and Shifley were playing so well together, and it was a matter of like, okay, when is that, are that trio getting put back together? Well, now that, you know, Ehlers and Connor and Shifley are playing so well together, you know, it's not imperative that, that Velarde be back up to that same level of speed, yep. you know, immediately off the start from, and him, that from line, his injury. I think you guys would agree that line, I mean, they were pretty invisible. Yeah, they tonight. were pretty, like, yeah. You know, Cole Perfetti was hanging on to the puck and trying to make some things happen, but, um, you know, Ayafalo and Velarde, I mean, look, these are good players. You know, they've, yeah. they've added a lot of depth possession, to the Jets. Possession-wise, they were the Jets' worst line. Right, right. And, and again, you're going to see that, and I agree. I think, you know, Gabe Velarde... You know, he's still 
when you have that type of injury, he mentioned it, right, Dave? Like he mentioned like, that could have been worse. Yeah. Um, could have been career, could season ending. Right. Said. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not too worried about Velarde specifically, but I still don't know if that's the right combination. Like I'm still on the, you know, maybe you try Nino Niederreiter on the left wing of that line. But again, Lowry, Appleton, and Niederreiter were, again, good tonight. So you, you don't necessarily want to break up that trio. Right. But, yeah, I mean, when, when Shifley, Connor, and Ehlers are possession positive and still creating, even though we talked about, like, tonight, you know, aside from that goal, they weren't exactly, you know, uh, uh, what you would normally expect out of that line, I guess. But, you, but, know, you know, a win is a win. At the end of the day, the Jets did enough were, to win this game, and they, they won it pretty comfortably, actually. And they were on the ice for two goals for and zero goals against. Right. So often last year, they'd be on the ice for, you know, two goals for and three goals against or something like that. So if that line can, can win the battles... And, and and get the goals while not giving it up defensively, then uh, that's certainly a good problem for the Winnipeg Jets to have. So 2 nothing at that point in time, uh, early in the second period, and then Colorado pushes back, as you would expect them to do. And it's a fantastic goal by Nathan McKinnon, who, you know, you take him for granted in, in, until you see a goal like this, because it's just... Well, know, that was cheat mode. Yeah. Like, well, like, there's only, I mean, there's a few other players, but to me, there's really only two guys that do it like this. Right. And it's obviously McDavid and McKinnon. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of people are going to point out that, you know, Logan Stanley was a little bit, you know, flat-footed there. Well, you just can't, the problem is no NHL defenseman can be flat-footed against Nathan McKinnon with a head of speed. Exactly. You know, he's going to do that, I mean, he's going to do that to anybody he plays against for the most part. And he certainly made uh, Logan Stanley look a little he, bit silly on this one. He also burned Connor Hellebuck pretty good, right? So I mean, you've got you've got him. He did, you're absolutely right. He definitely uh, cooks uh, Logan Stanley here because Logan Stanley's going right, and McKinnon's going McKinnon's going the opposite way, and he has no chance to recover at that right. point. But it, again, he also he beat out uh, Connor Hellebuck pretty well as well, putting that puck upstairs. So I think that's what they all game we saw. That's where Grandma put the lemonade. So I think that's where Nathan McKinnon decided to put that puck, and then suddenly it's a 2-1 game. Right, 2-1. That was at the 2-minute 32nd mark of the second period, so just under two minutes after the Jets made it 2-0. The Avs cut it in half. It's McKinnon assessed to Devin Taves and Malinsky getting the secondary assist on that one. Uh, the Jets respond in kind again, so and it turns out to be the game-winning goal, which will also double as our Seagram's shot of the game. The Seager shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. The Seagram shot of the game tonight goes to Josh Morrissey. His fifth of the year assists to Dylan Sandberg and Nino Niederreiter. And Morrissey just walks down from the point and he's at the just inside the top of the circle and absolutely wires a puck past Alexander Gorgiev who is screened on the play by his own defenseman and is none too happy about it. In fact, he gives his own defenseman a little bit of a slash to the shins, which I think is his way of saying, get the hell out of the way uh, in this instance. I think it must have been Sam Malinsky is who the defenseman is. It was is. Sam Malinsky. Sam yeah. Malinsky, not what I would describe as a household name on the back end for the Colorado Avalanche. And he's providing a screen uh, on his own goaltender. And Morrissey comes down, walks in, and absolutely fires it off the far post and in to give the Jets the 3-1 lead, return the, regain the lead to the two-goal lead. And it's a just a beautiful shot by Morrissey. Uh, and you know that Josh Morrissey, you know, Kale McCarr gets talked about 
all the time. In fact, I don't know if you guys read Larry Brooks in the New York Post uh, this Sunday. He always has a Sunday sort of news and notes call, and he took a little bit of a veiled shot, not even veiled, it was a shot at Kale McCarr and saying it seems like the league has got a PR campaign uh, talking up Kale McCarr. I think he was saying, you know, at the expense of Adam Fox is what I think uh, where Larry Brooks was going with that one. Right. But uh, advocating is what you're saying. Hold on, are you talking about Adam Fox's bagels? Uh, no, that's a separate issue entirely. Uh, but more I don't think Kale, all due respect, I like Larry Brooks. I know you like him too. Yeah. I don't think Kale McCarr needs a PR machine. I mean, like, McCarr could win the Hart Trophy. Of this course, year, he's incredible. Right? Like, I, I, he deserves, I'm sorry, like, I, I will gush about Kale McCarr. Like, you guys know one of my favorite defensemen of all time is Scott Niedermeyer. To right. me, he's just like a bigger Scott Niedermeyer. Like, he has that same ability. He can take over a game. Like, he's right. an amazing skater, great yeah. defensively. Great shot. But um, what is this, McCarr the, lunch? Well, what well, I was going to say is that, you know, Josh Morrissey. Dude, where's McCarr? You know, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know uh, the people, the, the crowd liked that one there, Izzy. That was, that was pretty I got, I got well, I didn't get a reaction out of Spencey. I was uh, looking at Spencey. Uh, Spencey's focused any. on the fishbowl, oh, yeah, yeah. first and foremost. But, no. you know, Josh Spencey's Morrissey too He's got you know, to has been, you know, definitely knows that, you know, he wants to be in that conversation. And he has been playing such good hockey for the last He's year. He's quietly having a great offensive year, whereas right. last year, his career offensive year, what did he end up with, 70 points? He missed some time at the end yeah, of the season, yeah. but he's got um, 22 points. Yeah, I mean, but he, quietly, he's got, right? right? He's just Almost under a point a game. Yeah, he's just under a point a game so far this year. So if you, you know, everyone is expecting the regression for Morrissey from his offensive high last uh, year. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Sorry. Uno Lock. momento, por Not favor. Everybody, but Not lo- everybody. Lots of people were. The people on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, when we were doing a little over-under, over under, right? some of us yeah. were saying over. Right? No question about it. But Morrissey came in, and, you know, in this goal, he, you know, he takes the pass from, from Samberg, yeah. comes down, you know, comes down the line, uh, and, and just absolutely wires it. You know, and he's he uses... become a master at using the screen. Oh, fantastic. That, that's yeah. getting more... his shots through. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, uh, Drew mentioned Sam Alinsky, who obviously Gorgiev, you know, gave the tap and wasn't really happy with with the, the screen. But you know, also on this goal, give Nino Niederreiter a credit. I, I forget if it was a Jack Johnson. I think it's Jack Johnson who's on the third pair with Malinsky, right? Mm-hmm. Nied- uh, Morrissey passes the puck to Niederreiter, and Niederreiter beats out Jack Johnson. Right. So does some good work along the boards to get the puck back to Samberg. Yeah. Um, and then we've talked about it, like Morrissey, like you know. He doesn't have like the Al McKinnis, Al Afraidy slapper, but he just knows where to put it, Dave. Yeah. yeah and just so that goal was obviously player. huge. Again, later in the second period, it was one goal game at that point. Right. And that gave, we always talk about the insurance, that gave the Jets the insurance and they had some breathing room with a two goal lead. Well, it just, it was important for their own psyche, right? You give up the goal and now suddenly you're like, okay, now it's 2 1. You're like, oh, you know, right. wh- here, come the, here come the ass. Well, how many and, times have we seen the Jets? You know, collapse in the face for, of Colorado pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in Denver. That's right. And so instead, instead of that, you have the Jets who push back. Yeah. And and look, Josh Morrissey is just continuing to show that he is, you know, an elite defenseman. And and he he's showing that last year wasn't a fluke. And and he talked about the confidence that he got from Rick Bonus and and how the the coaching staff wants their defense to contribute. And that's one of the things we know that he Rick Bonus has talked about it. He needs more. From the defense he wants more offense from the defense so to me that has been like critical and josh morrissey obviously is the biggest as as despite as his joke about brendan dylan being the sniper i mean josh <laughs> morrissey is the guy who you're expecting to be the one who's the main contributor in that realm so look i mean he is just he's just his heads up player and he just makes those types of plays and credit nito niederreiter and we you know we've got to talk about you know the signing of the deal and everything we did a little bit but the point is that 
you know, he's such that a hard... Con- that contract makes almost too much sense. Like, it, like uh, it's like three years, $4 million a year yeah. for a third-line guy who can play in the second line, who loves playing in Winnipeg. The fa- He's become a fan favorite. Like, well, you know what? No, how- no, I, I didn't hear one person criticize say, the deal. Yeah, yeah, not one person. Everyone just said, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I Sign think a lot of other years. general managers criticized that it happened so early before they could get their, their There's no try question. and get their but try and get their teeth into I, them. I really would advocate that people listen to the Niederreiter interview uh from Jets on at noon with with Jim and Cam because which is on a little site called legalcurve.com. Really good interview, provides a lot of insight into the kind of player this guy is, kind of the person he is talked about. How he, you know, he was talking about the True North Foundation. They asked him why he got involved, and he talked about his parents instilling those values in him. But he also talked about giving back to the community that's supporting him financially. And he talked about how he, you know, it's important to do that. To, 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 and again, like I said, he just came across as a class individual. And and more importantly, signs the deal on Monday. Yeah. Tuesday was an optional. Most of the veterans weren't there. Nino Niederreiter was on the ice. Nino Niederreiter was was skating with a lot of the guys. Who are either healthy scratches or you know the younger players? Nino Niederreiter, 31, could have taken that skate off. He was working his butt off on Tuesday. So I'm just saying, like he's he's the he's the exact kind of player, yeah, on the ice and off the ice that this team needs. And, and again, we're not we're not really this is not Niederreiter's lunch, but the fact of the matter is that it, it just he's the kind of player that just makes this team so much better. For a lot of different reasons. Yeah, that's right. And we'll talk much more about that on Saturday's edition of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. 9 what time is that, sir? 9 a.m. on Saturday, back here on our YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a party here at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. The Illegal Curve post-game show rolls on. So many of you joining us here live in person. So many. There's Spencey coming into the shot, getting a little getting a little cozy, getting a little bit of a, a, a cuddle up there <laughs> with Ezzy. You know, I feel like we could have our own show called Spency and Me. Oh. I, I, I think it would be, I'd watch that show. I mean, I don't know that uh, it'd be a very hairy show, but uh, you know, other than that, a lot be, of hair, a lot of lo- lot of facial hair. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on in yeah. that show right there. I, I would suggest uh, the Avalanche cut into the Jets' lead again. This coming uh, with 31 seconds to go uh, in security. the second period. Security. <laughs> uh, Joel Kibaranta getting his second of the year. Assistant Nathan McKinnon and Bowen Byram. Uh, this late in the second period, the Jets get caught running around a little bit and it was sort of a weird one because it went in and then you know players stopped but the play didn't stop and it was only after the review did they realize that the puck was in and out so quickly it's just not, not a great play by the winnipeg jets Jet defense was yeah lacking it was lacking is, is a very nice they were way standing of around it. they were yeah. standing around the, you know the colorado was uh, you know and i think the jets actually were fortunate that this happened you sort of felt as though Colorado was building the momentum, you know, late in that in that second period. They had a number of opportunities. I think the Jets, okay, you give up the goal, but then, the, you know, the period ends, and then you can go back into the dressing room, and you can sort of recalibrate yourself still with having the one-goal lead after 40 minutes. Right, and, you know, we talked about Nathan McKinnon, obviously, Dave, on the first goal. Yeah. But, I mean, he, McK- uh, Brendan Dillon goes for a hit on the boards, misses him. Mm-hmm. So Nathan McKinnon goes around. Then Neil Pionk. I mean, he has to make a play on McKinnon. He has to respect him. Yeah. But then jo- what happens is, uh, I don't know if it's, is it Joel or Yoel Kiviranta? Yeah. He was really good. Uh, was that in the bubble? Yeah. For the for, stars, like, for he kind of came out of yeah. nowhere. He, I didn't, I didn't he, honestly he forgot a, he was on the Avalanche. He had a four-goal game in, in, in the yes, bubble, didn't he? He, did. in the playoffs. he absolutely yeah, did. So he's kind of like got that, uh, you know, if you remember back in the day, he's got that 
John Druce kind of factor. <laughs> Remember, he got all those goals yeah. in the playoffs? For yeah. Washington. For Washington, yeah. yeah. Gaps, yeah. But um, so McKinnon makes a, a beautiful play on, on Dylan, like we said, who went for the hit. And then Kivaranta, because Pionk goes over to commit. I forget who else was. Uh, I think it might have been Morgan Barron was battling somebody else, Dave, in front of the net. I know the fourth line was out there. And then Kivaranta is just open. And like Wide Drew open, said, yeah. um, you know, they originally didn't call it a goal. And then when there was a stoppage in play on the replay, clearly it was, clear, dude, it was, it yeah. was a goal. So, yeah, the Jets, that was some sloppy defensive coverage yeah. late in the second period. And, you know, they obviously, you know, hung on for the win. Um, but that gave the Avalanche some life. You know, there's a huge difference going into the second period, second intermission, down two as opposed to one. Um, and obviously, we talked about the Avalanche had no shortage of chances early in the second period. But yeah, that was not tight defensive coverage for the Jets on that one day. No, not at all. And, and again, the only thing you liked if you're the Winnipeg Jets is that they actually tried to push a little bit towards the close of that period. I think right. they got a couple of chances. They didn't sag. They didn't sag. And, yeah. and it's funny because Brendan Dillon was asked about bending, not breaking against the Avs. And he said, well, hopefully we're not bending or breaking. <laughs> but, you know, at some point, especially like we'll talk about the five on three, yeah. they bent a little bit. But, well, but, so but, that's, but that's, I, no, I was going to say, yeah. but the point is that, you know, yeah, you bent, but you didn't break. And you, while, again, you don't want to bend, you're going to sometimes do that against the top team in the Central Division. Again, a team that's been, that went prior to tonight, 9-2-0 and at home. So you knew that the Az were going to come at you. And again, like as he said, they're not a team that's particularly happy with their play of late. So you're expecting that. And, and you know, when you give them those opportunities early in that third period, it could have been a much different result. But as, as he talked about to start this game, the penalty kill was so excellent and so important for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, that's I, I, I we haven't heard the post game, but you have to think that Rick Bonus was very pleased with what that was able to give his team. Well, so let's talk about that. So the third period starts. So the Jets have the one goal lead entering the third period, and what happens to start the third period? A minute and seventeen seconds. Josh Morrissey takes a, a tripping penalty. Yeah. Okay. Fine. You can. You know, it happens, and then it's compounded off the faceoff. Uh, Dylan Sandberg, yeah. uh, high sticks, Miles Wood. And Miles Wood went down like he was absolutely shot uh, <laughs> on that play. But nonetheless, it was a penalty, no question about that. And the Jets are going to be shorthanded five on three for 46 seconds. So it's early in the third period. You've got a one-goal lead. You're five on three against a very dangerous, very talented Colorado Avalanche yeah. team. And I thought that was the... You know, for a team that has really struggled on the PK for a lot of the season, I thought the Jets' efforts on the on the penalty kill in this five-on-three situation were tremendous. And, you know, they, they kept a very clean structure. They were able to really I, – I, I don't even know if the Avs had – if they had a shot on this five-on-three, it wasn't a high-danger opportunity. The Jets were really impressive in this crucial opportunity in the third period in keeping it as that one goal lead and not and not running into any trouble and not uh, having anything chaotic occur as uh, the uh, Greg Liverpool joins uh, joins the crowd behind us this behind is the man. Dave right now Greg great we have known Greg now for probably what 12 years 13 years since the Jets have been back yeah he was the original hustler and lawless caller right Greg on CJOB um, there's Huss so over Greg, there. He's glad Greg. Number yeah. one. Huss yeah. is saying number one. He's in the, the corner GF there. Liverpool is absolutely number yeah. one. And yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, that penalty kill was huge. And it just felt to me like that five on three for the Avalanche. Yeah. They just seemed to be rushed and they never really got set up. And credit to the Jets penalty killers. Like the penalty kill has been pretty good uh, all season long. Maybe not so much, uh, pardon me, as much as last year. Um, 
but you're absolutely right. I mean, those that that could have been not only could the Avalanche have tied the game, they could have taken the lead well, five at that point three. in the game. Sure. So, I mean, after that, I mean, the Jets did a pretty good job of, uh, you know, shutting things down and not letting the Avalanche get too many chances. But again, you can't say it enough. Well, I was going to say, so after how the, good the penalty kill was. After the, so at the, after the Avs had the five on three and they don't succeed on that five on three, I'm trying to remember in the course of that third period where they're, you know, pushing to tie the game. Yeah, yeah. The Jets did a really good job at not giving up much. They were pretty well, stingy in that third period. And again, I don't want to jump to the end, but they... When the abs were the team that were chasing, it was yeah. actually the Jets who had the puck and well, had for, possession and were, and were pushing. At about so, the two and a half minute mark, you're absolutely right. About the two and a half minute mark. So, when there's about two and a half minutes to go in the third period. I know, and this is what you're talking about. Yeah. The Jets held possession in Colorado zone for a solid 45 to yeah. 60 seconds. Yeah, kill time. Well, kill, and it was yeah. interesting because the Colorado was sitting there, and as he says to me at one point, he goes, Colorado knows that they're the ones who are down a goal right now because <laughs> they certainly aren't playing with that sort of urgency. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of desperation there. Not at that point. And and look, I mean, credit to the Jets. The, you know, we talk about bending and not breaking, and that's what I thought that they did. And look, they were, they were outshot 7-1 to start that third period. And ultimately, Connor Hellebuck was good. Yeah. And the team was good defensively in front of him. And as a result, you end up walking out of Colorado and starting off the road trip with, you know, a 4-2 win. We don't have to break down the Kyle Connor goal other than the fact that it's his 17th right so that's his 17th goal of the season yeah. and that i mean i think it's probably significant in the sense that the jets have been missing empty nets so maybe the fact that they actually buried an empty net chance sure. when they had it and it is significant there was still 45 seconds left to go in the third period when he scored that goal so yeah. i mean you do salt away the game but i mean again you want to put the dagger in when you have that chance and you like the chip by kyle connor and ultimately like i said his 17th goal he's one off Brock Besser for top spot in the NHL. You know, after going a little a little quiet, I think it was five games without a goal. Now he's got some uh, goal scoring going on right now. And and ultimately, if Kyle Connor's hot and that top line is hot and Connor Hellebuck and both goaltenders are playing well, the Jets are feeling good defensively about this team and offensively, and that's a good thing. And especially it's a good thing because remember, Gabe Velarde is still not playing at a high level yet. And, and you're not you're not yeah. expecting him to be. He said he's like he goes, look, I have a high expectation for myself. But even I'm aware of what my limitations are based on how much time I've missed. Same as, you know, a lot of these guys. Like Ehlers, we're just talking about Ehlers kind of rounding out into form. And he's been playing, right? So, I mean, a lot of when you miss that kind of time, it's always going to be a bit of a difficulty. And now we're seeing it. But the nice thing for the Jets is that you're not, and I know you mentioned this earlier, Drew, but you're not rushing Gabe Velarde back into those high-pressure, high, you know, 24 minutes a game. You're allowing him to play on that second line. Or third line or whatever the hell we're calling these lines right but but ultimately that top line is getting it done and, and now you've got three goals four in this game and, and you end up winning the hockey game. a 4-2 victory for the winnipeg jets they win three in a row as they start this road trip that's going to take them to california for the next few games of course starting sunday uh as they face the anaheim ducks so great victory for the winnipeg jets to start it off against the central division rival colorado avalanche jets next in action as i mentioned on sunday we have the Illegal Curve Hockey Show coming up for you on Saturday morning. But don't go anywhere. We still have much more to come here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. We got a Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment to give away. 
Dave's going to do a Manuk Moose Minute. We got much more to come. We're live at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. We're live on our YouTube channel. I need to plug my computer in before my battery dies because that would be pulling a Ginsburg, and Lord knows I wouldn't be able to live that one down. You can just share my computer. No, I mean, I could share your computer, but I'm going to plug mine in in any event. Much more to come. It's a, what night is it? It's a Thursday night. Thursday night, it's the Illegal Curve holiday party, the Illegal Curve post-game show. Lots going on. We're having a great time. Don't go anywhere. Much more to come. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsburg with you. And, of course, producer Tim, the man right. who makes this the happen. The band is back together, Yes, anytime boys. producer Tim is here, you know that he's the one. He's the brains behind this operation. And if it wasn't for producer Tim, we'd all be, uh, you know, poking berries up our nose in a ditch somewhere like we usually are. Okay. Don't go anywhere. Much more of the Illegal Curve postgame show still to come. <laughs> Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small, just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Thursday evening, we're back on the Illegal Curve post-game show live at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. And, of course, for everybody joining us live on our YouTube channel, we appreciate everybody here live on location. appreciate everybody watching us wherever you may be joining us from all around the globe. I have to say, sorry, Drew, it's great to see Huss. Like, it's just great that Huss and Remus were able to join us here at BP Taylor. 
but I love seeing Huss and Remus like in their element because like we don't get to see them in their element as much as we did back in the TSN 1290 days. Just like watching them have like conversations and just like you know like scheming and everything like that. Scheming? I, I, I've missed scheming. that. What, are they, they planning scheming? on robbing the place? Like, I don't are, they are they planning on stabbing you out? Like, what, what sort of scheming are you? Hustler, what kind of scheming are you doing that Ezzy's talking about? I meant positive scheming. I meant like scheming for next, like tomorrow's Winnipeg sports talk. That's called planning, Ezzy. If it's you're not, not subscribing, it's called by the planning. Way, subscribe to Winnipeg Sports <laughs> Talk and join them Monday to Friday <laughs> daily at one o'clock p.m. As apparently they get they gather up people to scheme, like like they're, they're, they're the the bad guy on Scooby Doo or something, and you meddling kids ruin it for everybody. Uh, I see that. Uh, I we have to give a shout out. I see that uh, Perry William cousin is in the chat. And we have to give Perry a, a shout-out. Absolutely. He sent to Ezzy, and we're going to debut them on Saturday's show. He, he made for us, custom-made for us, these Italian alabaster stone inukshuk necklaces. They're awesome. And they are absolutely – they're fantastic. And we're gonna, we'll have them with us on I meant Saturday. To bring them tonight, I know you meant to bring them, but in. you know, I yeah, had one job, Ginsburg. Yeah, just one job. You but know. you know, I was, you know, we were having a little Hanukkah party at the house. I was excited. Yeah. I had four jelly uh, jam busters. So there I, unfortunately, I didn't bring the necklaces, but I will bring the necklaces. I'll, pro I'll drop them off to your house or something like that, but we'll have them. But yeah, just let thank me know you when you're coming so I can make sure that I get, a, I get an exception to the restraining order <laughs> so you're allowed on my property. Fair enough. <laughs> but anyways, we want to say thank you to Perry for sending those our way. It's just a wonderful gesture. And, and, and Perry, I can see that you're in the chat. It's just we, we do greatly appreciate it. We love you, it. Perry. And we're going to show them off on Saturday because Ezzy sent the photos around and they just are they're tremendous. It really is uh, so wonderfully considerate of you. Uh, so thank you to Perry for, for thinking of us and, and making us this beautiful jewelry that we'll be able to uh, to uh, demonstrate uh, on and show off on Saturday's Illegal Curve Hockey Show Day. I don't think we're going to be demonstrating them. I think no, we're, we're going to be displaying them. Yeah. How about that? No, that's a better word. Okay, displaying is better. <laughs> I, I, I just hope that I, Drew's still wearing a shirt. Like, I, <laughs> like yeah. I, I hope this isn't that's, Drew's and using this as an opportunity yeah. to go tarps I off. I don't want to see Drew's swarthy body wearing uh, just this white, his white skin against the white alabaster Italian. Like, Spencey and I might go tarps off in the hot tub in Sage Creek, but we don't want to see Drew doing tarps yeah, off on Saturday's okay, show. Exactly. Well, I will say thank you to Perry, though. It's always appreciated when folks do stuff like that for us. So thank you for sending it to Ezzy. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been a good show. It's been a good been a really good well, show. I want to give Ezzy the option. Ezzy, do you have a tough luck hardest city comment or do you I want do. me to do Dave's the Manuk Moose? What do you want first? Manuk Moose well, Minute? No, no. Well I never want to come like I never want to stand in the way of a Manuk Moose Minute. Okay, so you that's go what ahead. we'll do here. It's uh, the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve post game show. Put on your antlers, it's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. My time to shine. It's my time to shine. It's finally. always your time to shine, no, baby. But you know, like I, I, I will step back every once in a while, but this is the Manuk time. This is when I get to go. Uh, look, I mean, I think there's the Moose were uh, hit a bit of a skid and they were not performing to their levels. And one of the things that was really hurting the Moose were the goaltending. Uh, Oscar Salmon and Colin Delia, who was dealing with the groin issue, uh, weren't really playing up to their levels. And, and as a result, a young Moose team was getting burnt quite often. And then when those mistakes were happening they were ending up in the back of the net now those guys are both playing much better and as a result you're seeing a, a much more improved moose team uh up against rockford we talked about the game on friday of course where they won 
uh, beating the Ice Hogs for the first time all season. It was an interesting weekend because it was all Chicago, right? You played the Ice Hogs on Friday. Uh, Jets played the Blackhawks on Saturday, and then the well, we are Chicago of the North, right? Chicago of the North. I think they should change their team name. My son calls them the Ice Pigs, and I'll be honest, I think Ice Pigs is a way better team name than the Ice Hawks. Well, I actually wrote Ice Hawks on to something. There. I actually yeah. wrote Ice Hawks at one point, and I was ice like, Hawks. oh wait, that's wrong, and I'm like, it kind of makes more sense, but Ice Hogs, you know, is is ultimately what they are. How does Ice Hawks make more sense? What's an Ice Hawk? Well, they're Blackhawks. I know. I understood where you're going with it. Yeah, but no, whatever. I mean, but it has to be a real name. I guess not. What's an ice hog for that? Matter? Yeah. <laughs> ice how many ice hogs? How many ice hogs are you discovering in the bush, Drew? Well, are you are you guys aware that there's a wild? Yes, pig we saw issue? that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a wild pig issue all over across North America. Right, but like in southern Manitoba. I figured you're going to be going up in Kentucky. I thought you'd be going hunting. No, no, no. I, avoiding any and all wild pigs is, is my r- rule of thumb. Drew's got his bag full of spears, and he's, he's ready it's to Lord go. of the Flies is what it is, exactly. <laughs> you know, instead of actually get, going after a kid named Piggy, I'm actually going after a pig. Well, yeah, like, I, I'll be. I, I have heard about the wild pigs thing. Yeah, but like, I, it's not something I knew about until recently. Like, yeah. I just assumed. There were regular like farm pigs. Right. What do I know about wild pigs? I mean, I don't know. Apparently, it's a big issue in southern Manitoba and southern Saskatchewan. Well, it's a, it's a big and, issue. Literally, it's a big issue like all across North America. Well, I mean, and and, and what is this like? Uh, it's wild hog lunch. lunch. Yeah, it's it's wild hog lunch now. Um, we don't know where you were going with your I was maneuvers. Say, can we get back to the ice hogs? Because uh, so far, I don't know what the hell we're doing right now. But go for it. Uh, look, I mean, it, it was a first of all, it was the RCMP 150th anniversary. Those jerseys, those, those were, jerseys were sharp. Yeah, those, they really those jerseys were. were really, they did a really good job on the jerseys, um, and those were. Uh, you can see them there, featured on the Illegal Curve Instagram and on a variety of our social media. So we've got those posted everywhere. But uh, they did a really nice job. The, the moose really do, generally speaking do a good job with all of their specialty jerseys. Uh, they're only wearing two or th- three this year. Uh, I believe the autism one is coming up next. Yeah, that autism jersey is always a, a great Yeah, they're all, they're all they're thoughtful, right? And so yeah. that's that's the thing. So anyway, so the game itself was, it was a good game. Jeff Mollott played excellent. So, you know, and, and it's interesting, actually, speaking of the Moose, I thought the, the Jets may make a recall because, of course, with Vlad Domestikov's status of being uncertain, they don't actually have a 13 forward right now. Right. So you were wondering what the Jets were going to do, whether they'd recall Dominic Toninato, although he must be close to requiring waivers again because of the time factor because of how much time he spent with the Jets already. So you wonder, would they go with someone else? I thought Jeff Malad's been playing excellent. He was excellent on Sunday, scored uh, early in the first period. Then he set up uh, a really nice goal, nice shot by Artemi Naizev and uh, Parker Ford got his third. He's had a slow start, but he's starting to come around a little bit. One guy who, who doesn't get a lot of recognition, similar to Parker Ford, the, the Jets signed him out of college, is uh, Wyatt Bon Giovanni, the Michigan man. Uh, he's he's got he's quietly up to six goals, but he scored a three straight games, and uh, he's got a really good shot. He was dealing with a groin issue. He's the one who came into training camp. It was funny because when Rick Bonus was asked if everybody was coming into training camp healthy, he's like, uh, one guy, uh, Wyatt Bon Giovanni. Like he didn't know who he was, <laughs> but but Bon Giovanni is a guy who can score. The, he can actually score pretty pretty well. He's got a good, really good shot, and uh, he put it on display. His last three goals have all been. Just beauties. Uh, th- I mean, this, the one two games ago wasn't phenomenal, but it still was showed off his shot. But the one in um, Grand Rapids, which was the game winner, was a beauty top corner. And this one uh, was also a real nice one. So the Moose ended up cruising to a 3-1 win, but uh, they've won two in a row. And they headed off to Calgary this morning. They've been practicing. Uh, one thing of note, Kyle Capobianco. We got, we're getting past the note. 
Should I read it live on air? I don't know if I should read it live on air. Didn't Guess have... who likes Ezra you. is the most oh, handsome member of the legal curve, and yeah. it's not even close. Uh, no, but I was going to say that quickly. The um, uh, the Moose are dealing with some injury, some minor injury stuff. Kyle Capobianco dealing with a minor hip issue, as according to Mark Morrison and. Uh, and uh, Dominic Tonnato was out for maintenance, as was Chaz Lucius. They practiced in Calgary. Of course, we don't know what happened with them today. They're taking on the Wranglers. And much to their chagrin, this is sarcasm, uh, Dustin Wolf, the back-to-back AHL goalie of the year, called up to Calgary to replace Jacob Markstrom, who broke his finger. So they will not face Dustin Wolf. And they will also not face Alex Gallant, who, if you recall, Jeffrey Vial and him had a knock him out drag him out all offense fight. Rock em, sock em. Uh, Yeah, it was whatever you want to call it. It was a fight I've never seen. Fists of Fury. I've never seen anything like that in my life. It was just... Street Fighter 2. It was like Bob Probert style. Like Bob Probert, Ty Domi. Like Troy old Crowder. School, yeah, Troy Crowder. Like just just I, like a fight I had never seen before. I remember I talked to Jeffrey Viel about it. So yeah, there wasn't a lot of offense in that fight. I'm like, no, no, there wasn't. Did you tell Jeffrey Viel about my joke, the try the Viel? I did not. I would hope he wouldn't because no, you, you shouldn't be repeating that I, joke other, either. Other, if I tried that on him, suddenly I'd be Alex Gallant except he'd be pummeling me, so it wouldn't be worth it. But anyways. <laughs> I'm pretending you're Ezra and I'm pummeling you for that horrible joke. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So the Moose are off in Calgary. They'll play uh, when, uh, Friday and Sunday, I believe. So uh, they're hoping to keep the good times going. Calgary's a good team still. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, it should be a should be a fun one this weekend for the Manitoba Moose. And again, we'll have coverage on uh on Twitter, on IllegalCurve.com, and wherever else you get your Moose News, and maybe sometimes our YouTube channel. There you go, right Dave M. With, uh, as only he can do, a Manuk Moose Minute. We'll wrap up tonight's edition of the post-game show, like we always do, with the Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. The Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. Before we get to that, the note we were passed by our good friend uh, GF Liverpool. Uh, apparently, there's a pending transit strike that could have an effect on travel to upcoming Jets and Moose games. He'd like us to remind the audience of that. So, if you're uh, planning on taking, uh, is it still Transit Tom? Is that uh, you know, if you can still, take... still okay. okay. If, you, if you're planning on taking Transit Tom, uh, there's a, wor- a work stoppage might have an impact on that. So, plan accordingly to get to wherever you need to go. Be maybe it people could take the water taxi. Maybe that's still going. It, it might still be. It's warm enough. It's not like the river's frozen. Yeah. So, you, you know, yeah. is the water taxi still working? And you know, Dave's wearing shorts right now. So, I mean, it's, it is December If you need a 7th. ride to the Jets game, just call me. I'll give you a ride to the Jets game. It's today. What do you want from me? I mean, sorry. The kids were playing soccer. I mean, it's 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 a warm day. Hey, anytime Dave I can shorts. see those Dave M legs, then, I, the, the, then I'm quite he's, happy to see those calves. These are championship calves. That yeah, those are some good-looking legs. Are those calf implants? Are those <laughs> legal? I'm not sure those are legal anywhere other than Brazil. They're not street legal. Okay. As he tough duck hardest hitting comments. Yeah, I uh, want to thank everybody in the chat. Very lively, mainly Spency, who's live on location here at BP Taylor and in the chat. So Spency obviously is always doing it up real big. We're going to give it to uh, a winner from, from I think, last year or maybe the first year we were doing the post-game show, a very loyal, illegal curve post-game show chatter. We're going to give it to Leslie Michnick. Like this comment here. I've got it up on the screen. Just finished watching the game. What an effort by the Jets. PK was great, and the fourth line was awesome. They didn't give the abs a lot despite giving up more than 30 shots. Love that comment from Leslie because I think he kind of sums up the game there. I mean, obviously, you know, we gave the Seagram shot of the game to Josh Morrissey. Adam Lowry scores the goal late in the first period. That was huge. But really, I mean, you know, this was a team effort. And, you know, it wasn't very 
one-sided except for we talked about it a little bit in the second period there the avalanche were all over the jets same thing early in the third period yeah. i think the shots were seven one at one point uh but love that comment from leslie he's a, a two-time tough duck two winner so send me an email leslie ezra at illegalcurve.com so you already have his email that's true. His address? That's true. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, he's actually, already won twice. I that's mean... a good point. So, Leslie, email me if your address has changed. That's it. If not, I will go back into my Gmail account, and I will find your info. But, yeah, Leslie, you are tonight's Tough Duck winner. And maybe I picked Leslie because that's my mom's middle name and my sister's middle name. Oh, it's also my uncle's first name. It's a great name. Yeah, there you and go. And our so... really good friend Hart's mom's name. So. There you go. So Love we... Leslie. Great, yes. great name. There you go. Congratulations to Leslie, the winner of tonight's Tough Duck hardest hitting comment here on the illegal curve post game show coming to you live from Boston pizza on Taylor Avenue coming to you live. It's been a great night. It yeah. really has been a ton of fun. Uh, any, any quality time that we get to spend with Greg and Spencey and, and everybody, and everybody else. else. Yeah. Name everybody else. Like all the is, yeah. All is, the, all is, the great, make some noise fans and all the fans are still, there you go. There you go. Getting closer to midnight and the party is still going strong here at Boston Pizza Taylor. We have to say thank you, of course, to the team at Boston Pizza Taylor, the serving staff who've been taking great. How about a round of applause for the serving staff, everybody? There you go. They've been doing a great job taking care of all of us all night long. Uh, they saw us hooligans come in and they didn't bar barricade the doors, <laughs> which is always a, a nice touch. That would have been my immediate reaction. But nonetheless, they uh, kept the lights on and they kept the doors open for us to enjoy the Jets avalanche game, to enjoy the postgame show, to enjoy the camaraderie and the friendship that was on display here earlier tonight. Want to say a big thank you to, of course, to all of our sponsors who make this a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Bethway, they're the title sponsor here of the post-game show, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, that's of course where we're at right now. Stay tuned for information on the next live on location broadcast. Well, hold on. What? No, 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 no. The next, okay, I meant the next live on location broadcast. Yeah, but you said like, here you, you didn't Boston say that. Pizza, but you didn't right. say that. I'm going to jump in because you Please didn't go say ahead. it. Well, hang on. Let me mention, of course, Farmery Beer, ah. official sponsor, a home of the illegal curve lager. Are we by any chance going to be at Farmery Brewing, Dave? We will. Uh, December 16th, the day the Jets play the Colorado Avalanche from 9 till 11. We'll be doing the Saturday show at our friend's Farmery Retail location to Donald Street. So come join us at Farmery uh, and you can visit us. Get some good deals. We'll get some deals on I see beer if you want to buy it. They've got advent calendars. They've got all sorts of things you can buy. But come down, say hello to us at uh, 2 Donald Street. And it, we'll be doing that show live from, uh, it might be Ezzy and I. We don't know if Drew's going to join us. But we'll for sure, at least two-thirds or three-thirds yeah. of the show. So I need to stay sober at 9 a.m. If, if you two are drinking heavily. All I know, boys, <laughs> is, you know, it's been my dream for how long <laughs> to do a show live Ever on location. Ever since he was a little Exactly. You know the episode of The Simpsons where Homer dreams about the Duff beer truck spilling yeah. over <laughs> and, and running around in his underwear? That's going to be Ezzy, basically, at that Farmery Brewing. I did. When, uh, I, when I met with the, with the boys at, at Farmery this week, I did say to them, we were talking about, you know, where we would do the show and where we'd set up. And I said, <laughs> and Ezzy's were, in the cooler. <laughs> Well, I know. Thank, thank. We're gonna be like previewing the Jets Avalanche game, and like mid thought, I'm just gonna look and realize 
that we're in a you're that surrounded, we're, in, that by, we're surrounded beer. by beer and i'm literally just gonna like start pulling beers out of the box i did say that there's them. cases like as you having cases of beer around is probably and they're like well what should we do should we do a backdrop i'm like well we they're all do. gonna be empty boxes well, it's gonna be ice it's actually even gonna be worse because it's gonna be icy beers and stuff like that so it's gonna be uh my gonna be quite is, nice but my question is can ezzy do a show while doing a keg stand at the same time that much can you can you handle that? Or is the blood gonna float? Is it gonna flow to your I head mean, too I'm, much? I'm very washed up now that I'm 41. My big partying <laughs> days are behind me, but um, yeah, I can I can do it up. There you go. So we're gonna be at Farmery Brewing number two, Donald. December 16th. Saturday, December 16th. So that's not this Saturday. That's nine days from now. So you can look forward to joining us there uh, for that edition of the illegal. And that will not be show. Spencey's lunch. No, that will it'll not be Spencey's be, breakfast. It'll be Spencey's. It'll be beer for Spencey breakfast. Spencey and I still have to figure out when we're going for lunch because we're both working. Why don't you go we'll... right after the show? December sixteenth. Yeah, yeah, it's a good call. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that'll go over real well. You're just going to leave the family for another hour, an <laughs> hour and a half a in the middle of a Saturday morning. I guess yeah, it'll be a nice little afternoon for us. Yeah, you, divorce will happen yeah. immediately afterwards like, for you too. I can't see any problems with this plan whatsoever that you're going for. But I enjoy Spencey, Spence, do me a favor. Drop him off at. Uh, 625 Naren at KMMG because that's where he's going to need to go. <laughs> Naomi, I'm leaving you for Spencey. She'll totally get it. I mean, I, I think she's seen it coming. Yeah. For, for she's going to celebrate it. Never mind. She's never mind. going to get it. She's going to celebrate it. Uh, who did I mention? I mentioned Boston Pizza. Seagram's, they're a, a great sponsor of ours. Rolly's well, Transfer. Thank, and by the way, thanks to Seagram's, we had a lot of yeah. stuff to give away. Gave a lot of swag away tonight. And stuff like yeah. that. So, you know, our big thanks to our friends at Seagram's. Hold on. There you Hold go. Some of this. Turn it around. Make sure you got the logo on there. There you go. Drew, what does that say? That says Seagram's 83. Is if I hang on, let me take my glasses see? off. See if I Let's see. Uh, got to squint a little bit. I'm not sure that's working any better. Big fan. Yeah. In any event, thank you to so many of our great sponsors for making this show a possibility. Thanks to so so many people here live at Boston Pizza. So many of you Each watching us. Each and every us. one of you guys. Thank yeah. you for joining exactly. us. Today. We appreciate it. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button. Drew's gonna Drew's gonna cover everyone's bill, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but by which I mean I'm gonna be the one dining and dashing as fast yeah. as I can possibly move. You guys, you know. actually, it's gonna be Timmy because Timmy's gonna take the longest. That's right. Tim's gonna wrap up everything. It's gonna it's gonna it's like to be Timmy. Producer Tim, it's yeah. on you. <laughs> uh, thank you to everybody for joining us. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave us feedback here, there, everywhere, Google Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you get the podcast, we want to hear from you. Uh, it's been a ton of fun. We love doing these shows live on location. Thanks to so many of you for showing up. We love doing it, so even when we're doing it from home and we see so many of you in the this chat. This is more fun. This is always, it's always a great time. Uh, for Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, until Saturday at 9 a.m. Make some noise as I wrap this up, folks. We wish you good night and good luck, and thanks for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.